Good morning. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint. And yes, you heard that right. I'm back. Uh, that was the shortest retirement I've ever had. It was two weeks, I think. Um, but we decided that maybe my just doing Thursdays would work out really great for me and would help the studio. And I told Kyle from Casey Bagel this morning, I'm not sure I, whether I'm back to do this and to chat with you or to have that breakfast bagel every morning. But I love this to do this. So here I am. So um, to start off the new year, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I have Jean Richards, who's the owner of Johnson's Wool Wool Mill, who's here on the phone with me. And Jean, welcome to the show. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Little did they know, somebody here in the studio wrote me a note and said, oh, you've got to get Gene Richards on because he's the new owner of the Johnson Wool Mill and is doing all kinds of stuff. And little did they know, we know each other from years back at the Merchants Bank, eh? They have a good old days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With the gang. Do you know that gang every once in a while gets together at least once a year? So you'll have to come join us next time. I'll make sure that I they. Love that. Oh, it's, it's the, you know, it's Ed, the whole gang. They're all, we all just get together and talk about Dudley and a few other folks. Um, but anyway, um, just for people to know, I had a little, did a little research on Johnson Woolen Mill and it's been family owned since 1842 when local farmers brought their own wool to have it woven into clothes to the local mill, uh, above the Guy Han River. I hope I got that correct. Uh, Lee Cattell helped me this morning because I didn't know how to pronounce Guyon. it. Guyon. Okay. And that, uh, biblically, that is one of the four major rivers in the Bible, is it not? Do you know that? It's true. I, I, I don't, but um, I believe I've heard that. Yeah, it's and what a what a great name for for the river and great history, and I would recommend that people look up the Johnson uh, Woolen Mill history because it's fascinating. And of course, um, the mill's been closed for quite a while, but the clothing is still made there on site. So, Jean, here you are, and you've done some amazing things already. Um, tell us a little bit about um, how this all came to be, how you bought the um, the mill, and what carry on from there. Well, um, you know, last year, uh, or not, not, well, I guess it was twenty twenty two. Stacy Minosh and I are friends, and just asked me to come up and take a look at things with her, and. Uh, I did, and uh, I kind of shadowed her, which is not an easy task. She's like <laughs> a roadrunner, and uh, she's very knowledgeable, understands the industry. And as we worked together, um, she just asked, she goes, would you have any interest? And initially, I did not. And then as I got more involved, uh, I did. And uh, it, it was obviously something that needed a little tweaking, you know, uh, I think Stacy put her heart and soul into this and did very well. Kept it alive like most people did not, you know, in this, uh, in the woolen industry. Um, right. she bought it. And so I was grateful that I had that opportunity, um, you know, to buy it. And, you know, we worked out a deal and, um, we purchased the mill last January 27th. Well, somebody who shall remain nameless, everybody knows, tells me that if you're a good manager, you're a good manager regardless of the location or the product or the, the firm. So, um, um, I'm sure you're going to make a great impact on the woolen mill. Um, and you've also, I read, made some changes already. So maybe you could, um, talk about some of those changes. 
Yeah, like many structures throughout the state, you know, there were just a lot of deferred maintenance, and uh, it's hard to balance the budget and uh, keep your business open. And uh, a lot of folks don't understand, but owning a business is challenging, and you got to make choices. And so we started off by uh, updating much of the wiring, updating the sprinkler system, putting some new roofs on, um, painting new windows, heating systems. Um, you know, we've gone A to Z to make it safe and, a, you know, a good place to work. Um, we've also, um, you know, done the other things like websites and, uh, some product development. Um, you know, it's been, uh, and just got rid of a lot of stuff, you know, that doesn't, <laughs> certainly isn't pertinent today. Well, you talk a lot about when you mention about getting rid of stuff. You talk about the importance of inventory and how to balance that, how to have enough on the floor for sale, but not to have so much in inventory that it's money just sitting there. Could you talk a little bit about your approach to inventory and how that works in a business? Sure. Um, you know, inventory can either sink you or make you. And, um, you know, our inventory, we fortunately, you know, have a, a fair amount of it. But what you want to have is a fair amount of what you're selling and and or advertising what you have differently so you sell more of it. So what we've done is we've done an inventory control system throughout the whole area, and we've worked on each Understanding, first of all, what we have for inventory, and then secondly, how to best sell it. And uh, that was that took about four and a half months for us to do, uh, huh. going through our inventory. There was quite a nest of it here. And um, so what we've done this year is we've, uh, we've put everything on computer, and we're able to evaluate the life of everything that we have and how it sells and how it's marketed. And that really helps you as a business owner understand how your business is performing. That's great. That's a lot of work. Um, and I also uh, saw pictures, and I have to come up and check this out, um, that you've opened up the the floor, um, the the selling floor, and and just made a lot of changes visually when you when you walk into the store. I think that's important. Um, I don't know where I read it, but um, you talked about the original design was was more cozy, and and I always felt that when I went into the store. So, have you seen people um, like the new open space? Yeah, they do very much, and I, I think it takes a little pressure off you when you come in and you're shopping. You know, it gives you a little bit of fresh air, and uh, it also we put a little less product out on the floor so that you're not so overwhelmed and you're able to touch, feel, and try things on easier. Um, we have chairs, couches, um, a little bit of history on the walls, and uh, along with the new windows, it's just it's a brighter and new light. It's a brighter, nicer, better feeling. And again, yeah. you know, what it was before was just uh, you know, many additions. You know, as time went on, the past owners would add on to the buildings and, uh, you know, as the need occurred. And what we did is we brought it all together. 
That's great. I, you know what? I, I totally get what you were, what you're trying to do because I remember going there and it was very closed in. And, um, sometimes it took a little while to find if I was with Bruce or something, where the heck he went off to. Um, and, um, I think that would make a much more pleasant shopping experience. So good for you. Um, I read where some of your long-term goals are make the mill a destination. And um, your website's going to certainly help you with that. Um, can can you talk a little bit about um, how how you're going to look at making the mill a destination? Sure. Um, one thing we hope to do is we again. I consider this whole transition a mm-hmm. gift. You know, you have to look at it that way. Otherwise, you'll get really stressed out. <laughs> so I look at the old mill as an opportunity. It is Johnson's, you know, the river has been Johnson's biggest curse, but it actually should be Johnson's greatest asset. And what I'm hoping to do is bring people to the old mill at some point and let them utilize uh, and be on the water in some capacity. Um, we haven't quite figured out the direction, um, but we would like to find something that we can export, you know, from the old mill and then maybe have some sort of an eatery there uh. so that people can sit there and just have the peace and quiet of the guy on. Um, it is something that's so wonderful. And sometimes with all the stress and everything that happens every day, we forget about how simple peace can be found. And it's right there at the guy on for us. And I think we have a future there. I've just got to figure out how we can get a return on the investment. And uh, right now I've just been, my therapy has been cleaning out the buildings and making them so they're safe. Oh, that's, I think that's a wonderful idea. And I like the restaurant idea right by the water. That's always very calming and really a really nice experience. So good for you. Did I also read that you turned an old garage into an Airbnb? Well, Stacy actually started that. Um, <laughs> she had an old garage where they kept the old truck. And what we did is she used it for herself and some guests when they uh, visited the mill. And we've converted it and used a lot of our in-house products here um, throughout the Airbnb so that you're getting the experience of our wool, of our blankets, you know, of some of our artwork um, up on the walls. And it's actually we've covered some of our furniture. And you're right there on the guy. And it's actually, again, not a more peaceful place. Oh. Um, you know, even when the guy roaring, it's beautiful there. It's not flooding. That's that's really that's just great. I've I've got to get up there. I didn't realize that there were additional buildings on the property, so I keep trying to visualize this, but I'm not doing very well. I I do remember the building, but I don't remember anything else. So it must go back farther to the river, obviously. So it actually goes all the way from the old school to the. Uh, to the bridge, huh. and it's more like a campus, um, you know, of just deferred things. And uh, the store and the factory are hooked together by a walkway, and then you have uh, the other two buildings in the very back on the water. That's really great. Do you know, um, you have a marvelous community in Johnson. Years and years ago, I don't even know how many at this point, when I was Secretary of Transportation, we went up to work with the community about getting their ideas about how to make it a destination. We were just talking about that. How to improve Johnson, how to make it more, um, more sustainable, more viable. And 
What a great event that was. I have great memories from, from that uh, time where we uh, all spoke to the community and I can't imagine it hasn't changed much because you've got Johnson, um, college there. You've got, well, it's not Johnson anymore, is it? Um, state college and sorry, error. And, um, it's just a great town. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful town and I, I bet they've been watching your efforts to make the woolen mill, um, last for another hundred years. Um, and which is a, which is a wonderful thing and, and, you know, using the buildings on the property, I bet they're very appreciative of that. Uh, this town, like you said, is, uh, absolutely amazing. And, uh, I feel so fortunate that so many people have come out and offered help, offered suggestions. You know, every Saturday morning, a group of community leaders get together for coffee and they invite us and give us ideas Great. and thoughts. There's other people that know the history, you know, of the town. But there's a lot of uh, – we had a jubilee this year, and I don't know, maybe over – 300 people stopped at the store. Nice. But the passion and care that we have in a community that's been kicked so hard, you know, by this flood, you know, yep. the floods this year is just amazing. I mean, it's heart-wrenching, you know, what some people have gone through, but they still have um, spirit. That's and uh, I don't know. I, I feel this is a nice place, and it's a good time for us today. And uh, the people here have been really, really special. Good. That's really great to hear. I'm, I can't imagine it's, it's probably even gotten more close. Jean, we're, we're talk, right before the break, we talked and mentioned a little bit the historic flooding that happened over the summer. Did you get hit? And, um, I know you worked really hard to support the community afterwards. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, our lower building, the one that was built in 1875, we have a section of that old building that is where we used to wash and dye our wool. And uh, that did flood. And But I looked at it as an opportunity um, to, you know, kind of stabilize the building, fix it up. So for me, it didn't affect my day-to-day operations. But everybody else, you know, that was downriver, um, that was affected by the river and the flooding, um, it was devastating. I mean, when we, we left here at 8 o'clock at night, and it crested around 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was awful to come into in the morning to see the Sterling Market flooded, the post office, everybody's homes, you know, and down in that part of the area, all the way from Johnson Hardware all the way up through town. Wow. It was just breathtaking. Yeah. And uh, to see the devastation and, you know, just the loss on people's faces. Yeah, their whole lives gone in, what, a couple hours. Just terrible. Yeah, it just happened. It came up so quickly, yeah. and I think it was un- unexpected, you know, that was going to come that high. And uh, so a lot of people had to be, uh, you know, we have, again, this community pulled together really quickly with bucket loaders and everything it needed to do to take people out of their homes. And uh, it's, it's the strength and the passion of the community is certainly here. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, you know, they're still recovering and uh, we're trying to do so. But it didn't help a couple of weeks ago, you know, with that flood again. Oh, exactly. And, I thought, uh, how can this be? These poor people. Yeah. I mean, they just get back on their feet, open the door and 
they get hit again. And, and um, I think like most people, I'm sure, Johnson, everybody's got the the equipment in the basement or their inventory in the basement. And um, and now they're trying to get people, encourage people to get all that stuff moved up somehow, whether in a separate building or something so that if – and this will happen again um, so that it's not so devastating. Yeah. Did you get a lot of mud in Johnson or was it not just water because that's just as bad, but did you get any? of the mud it was awful uh. i mean you know we went down and we helped the health center um out and uh they had this sludge just finished the renovation yeah oh. everything it was covered with mud yeah and uh and that's pretty much everybody that got water got mud wow yeah, I was trying to help. I've said this a thousand times. I should quit referencing it. It was like it was like shoveling cement. That stuff was so heavy. I didn't last very long in my tender age. I like give me something else I can do to help. Um, but that's just. And then I wor- you worry about mold because that's that sneaks right up on you and you can get pretty sick. Yeah, so, you have to clean it right out. Yeah, you right. gotta do it quickly. Yeah, and I heard um, you gave a lot of food to the community, Gene. You you were providing uh, suppers and food for people, weren't you? So what we did is uh, the team here pulled together. You know, uh, there's some of the nicest people in the world that work here with the biggest hearts, and uh, they said they wanted to do something. They have a sunshine account, you know, that they have and. They donated uh, gift cards to nice. everybody in the trailer park down the street, and then they wanted to do more. So we all got together, and they brought food in. And nice. so Thursday and Saturdays, uh, we would uh, have barbecues, and we would provide you know meals and whatever else people would bring in, salads and nice. different things. And, uh, it, you know, it wasn't a lot. But it was enough to make a difference when right. you're hungry and uh, you don't have a lot of resources and it's local. It helps out. And we tried to do our part. I don't know how successful we were, but we were consistent right through Thanksgiving. Um, we stayed with it and uh, it really brought the community together as well. You know, it's something when you it's devastating like this tends to separate people and it was an opportunity um, to bring everyone back together again. Um, well, I am sure it was not necessarily plenty, but I bet people totally appreciated it because it came from from their their fellow Johnson folks. And I mean, how great is that? That was just wonderful for your staff. So kudos to them. Um I think it's just to, I can't imagine like you see hurricanes and tornadoes and floods and it, the water recedes and there it is all on the ground. I mean, all the things you've lost of a personal nature, things you've worked your whole life for and gone. I, I just my heart just goes out to all of them. And I hope people uh, what really upset me and you probably felt it, too, um uh, after COVID and everything, that this quarter or the previous quarter, the last quarter of uh, 2023, businesses really need to make more money than normal because they have to get through the first quarter of the following year, which is usually a slow season. And um, we were talking a lot 
on the radio about buy local and how important that is and forget the forget the Amazon and all the other things you do online because our neighbors needed us to buy from them because I don't want to see in spring um people's no, businesses start closing down they need our help now yeah, that's one of the initiatives that we took on here is anything that was made in another country, um, we are uh, re-looking at and not necessarily re-ordering. And uh, what we're going to try to be is have a diverse line for people to buy, but to have it be local, like our gloves, for instance. You know, we substituted them for uh, Vermont gloves. And, you know, we brought in Danforth Pewter and, uh, you know, the... Great. Lake Champlain chocolates. And so we're going to continue throughout the year to diversify, and but let it be, you know, uh, locally right. made or even just made in the United States. You know, right. we're going to really try to source things out and do partnerships to strengthen, you know, our partners. And I think if we don't stay together, then we will separate. Oh, that is, oh, Gene, that's really impressive, and I, I applaud you totally. And people will recognize that and, and, um, uh, enjoy the shopping experience even more. Um, we're gonna have to take a break in a couple of minutes, and I, when we come back, I wanted to talk about speaking of, uh, new products and new mergers, the Northwood collection that you have. Um, and I, uh, really looking forward to talking about that because that's pretty exciting. I also want to talk about the fact that you have ex- that, uh, I don't know whether, I think Stacy did it. She started, uh, marketing in Japan. Um, yeah. And uh, you know what? When I was looking at your website and realizing the quality of of the product that you make, um, it reminded me I used to – it was a tough job, but somebody had to do it. I had to go to Switzerland with my job uh, 20 years ago uh, in Basel, Switzerland. And people in Switzerland really um, – their idea of clothing is well-made, lasts forever – and um it may cost a little more up front but you get the you get the return on investment over the over a longer period of time and that whole um country is is based on that houses are built a little differently than here and that just remind your clothes remind me of that kind of quality um that it's meant for the long term not just uh, you know buy buy a couple of blouses and have them last for a season so um I, we're going to talk about that um so um we were talking about the wool and i read in the beginning of the show that local farmers would bring their own wool and you actually have some sheep on premise too which i think is pretty cool where does the wool come from and uh, and and how do you buy it in bulk and then you what do you, you obviously talked about dyeing what happens to the wool after and where do you buy it and what happens well, we uh, are we have a pretty great inventory currently. Part of the purchase was purchasing a lot of the inventory, ah. and uh, that you know wool. Uh, some of it has come from a place where we've bought our wool most recently is in Connecticut. It's called American Woolen uh, huh. Company, and uh, they have been wonderful to work with. We also have purchased uh, some wools. The ones we can't get here, we will get in um, – we try to buy in North America, which is Mexico. And, 
those uh, where we have purchased since my ownership. The other, some of the wolves that we currently have go way back to Woolrich. We, when they went oh, out of right. business, you know, people bought some of that wool, and we have a probably a couple million dollars worth of wool out there. And um, so we have a decent amount of it. But the answer to your question is, uh, we try to buy from American Woolen Mills in Connecticut. Great, and they produce it from A to Z there. So, and what for those of us who, what does that mean A to Z? What, what, what's, how does it look when it arrives in your doorstep? It's in a roll, and it's in plastic, and okay. uh, it's typically uh, forty yards. Wow! And we typically have to buy a minimum of four hundred to six hundred yards. You just can't buy a roll, <laughs> and so you've got to be really think about it because it can tie up your. Uh, your your space and your uh, resources pretty quickly. Right. So you've got to make sure that you do a good job, you know, with your purchasing. Yeah, because you know, the colors that you use are are just perfect for for Vermont and for the style of clothing. And I just think it's amazing. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the Northwood collection, which is Northwood X 1842 collection. Talk about how that uh, came about. So we have an employee or teammate here. His name is Casey Moore, and uh, he is quite an avid uh, hunter and pretty passionate about it. And he has he was good friends with Joey Davis and Jamie, um, and basically just said they'd like to talk to you. And uh, there's some things we can do to work with the hunters and uh, to be a better partner. So we met with them last April, and you know, one thing they said is you know, they would like a different pant, they would like a different jacket, and maybe a little more athletic fit. Huh. And um, so we uh, went through a designing process, and uh, we wanted to make sure we were not exclu- excluding people that don't fit into the athletic fit. So we uh, we still have many of our traditional products here, but... We went through and we redesigned. We put in cell phone pockets. We put in, um, you know, it was a little slender fit. It fits better. It actually fits women better as well. And, um, you know, it's a product. Sometimes our products weren't necessarily made for females and or that more athletic fit folk. And so we are trying to adjust those. And this year we did it with the Northwoods, you know, with the redesign. Um, and what we did is we came out with two jackets, one that was white and black and one that was green and black, checkered buffalo. And then we came out with a pant as well, which is our 101 fabric, a very tight weave pant. And it's a little lighter, Pat, and mm. uh, but it's very, very durable. It's one of our oldest uh, fabrics that we have here. And... Uh, it holds up really well in the woods, and it's a bit lighter, but you still get the warmth, and you can layer with it, So, um, as well as a safety vest. So that was the line that we did with uh, Joey and his uh, partner, Jamie and um, Casey. We did that for this hunting season, and it was a big hit. Um, you know, we did get, you know, some, you know, we're going to make some alterations. We actually had a meeting yesterday. And um, we're going to make some alterations to the product, but uh, it, you know, I guess in this business, you know, you have to listen to the people who are wearing your product, and make sure you make the necessary changes. 
yeah. um, so that people continue to like it because, like you said, it, you're not buying the jacket for you know a season. You're buying it for a lifetime. Many people will them and put them in their wills. Really? And, uh, or garments, you know, so we want to make sure we're sensitive to the need today. And that's part of what the Northwoods uh, 1842 was about. That's great. Well, I read uh, on the website, there was a lot of comments about the Northwood and in particular, the pants. So whatever you did to the pants, they love it. According to the the comments that they left, um, they were very excited about the pants. And that's good that you're that you keep tweaking it because it shows you're paying attention to your customer, which is always a good thing. And I would think they wouldn't want the bulk while they're in the woods with all the stuff they're carrying. And um, that makes a lot of sense to have it a little more fitted. I mean, for those uh, warmer days and, uh, you know, you uh, also want the longevity yep. of the product. You know, you want it to last. And we cut out a little fabric uh, in the crotch area to give you that. And as well as, you know, just, uh, you know, streamlining the product and changing it in some cases. But all in all, you know, still our best seller has been our, uh, you know, dark green pant. Everybody, that is the go-to product that everybody, you know, and regardless if you're a hunter or in the woods or you're hiking or whatever you might be doing, snowmobiling, that is your go-to product. Yep, there you go. That's great. So t- tell me a little bit about Japan. Um the, how did you? How did Stacy uh, wind up uh, deciding to go to to Japan to open up a market there? Well, that's her entrepreneurial side. You know, Stacy, you know, looks for every opportunity that there is out there, and Good. she went out and she didn't just go with one. She went with some of the biggest names, you know, that are uh, clothing builders in Japan, and. She met with them. She invited them over here. And how it initially started, when the exchange was good to have the product made here, she, you know, went and had, you know, uh, I want to say about 50 different companies that she was working with at one time um, and uh, really made some interesting clothing. And, and again, it – very different than what we, you know, our traditional look here at Johnson, but very fashionable, you know, uh, in so many ways. You know, it's, uh, I admire, you know, what they did and what they're working on. We are still working with the Japanese and, um, and hope, you know, when the exchange gets better, we currently uh, are not making anything for them. What we are doing is we get royalties. We have a line over there. It's called uh, Johnson Woolen Mill Olive. So what they do when the exchange is not favorable, they build the product there and they use our label. Ah. So she's, she created all of that, which was, you know, pretty ingenious. Right. And, uh, you know, and it helps you stay afloat. Every transaction is a positive. And that one right there has done very well for us in the past. Well, I don't think people realize how much snow there is in, in Japan. Um, when I was in high school, believe it or not, uh, way back when, we had a foreign exchange student from Hokkaido, and she would talk about skiing to school. Um, so, wow. so that those clothes could uh, could really help them over there. Besides looking good, um, that's that's really exciting. Have you been over there yet? I have not. Um, 
I've pretty much kept my nose in Johnson. Um, I have my hands full, you know, for a little bit longer. My, you know, uh, one of my partners, uh, Aaron Desitel, and my wife, Julie, and my son, Eugene, and Stephen, um, and uh, my son's wife, Carson, uh, you know, they've been really That's great. helpful at helping me get things done. But there's a tremendous, still a lot of work to do before we start traveling. Right. Um, I don't want to lose sight of the, what needs to be done here first. Well, you're for sure on a roll. Um, that's for sure. And um, uh, I just, I think there's, there's so much probably more that you've got on, on your, on the back of your mind about what to do and say, give a shout out to Julie for me, will you please? I think. Um, I sure will. Yeah, I did tell good. her this morning we were going to be talking. That's great. Well, hello. Well, it's a real family adventure you've signed on to. That's really great. Um, and well, let's hope so. <laughs> oh no, you've done. I think you've done. I'm going to go up and check it out. Um, you were also quoted, and I'm going to read this as saying, "Your mission is to make this a better place to work and a place that makes a great product." I want to get it ready for the next 100 years. And I, are you open seven days a week? Did I read that right? Yeah, we are. Um, wow. There's a there's a need for it, and uh, ever since the day that we bought it, we instead of being open five days, we're open seven, and um, we've also expanded our hours. Um, I think it's important that uh, you know, especially you know, during the holidays and things, that right. you're here and you're open. And um, we've also started something new, Pat. Is we started weighing deer here again. Oh, I read that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse and, me. Uh, I don't, I don't really have as much of a stomach for it. But, <laughs> That's what uh, I read. My, uh, Aaron Desitel did it, and I think we weighed about 150 deer or so, and it was a real hit. Wow, that's uh, great. Gene, where – we've done, Pat – go ahead. No, please, go. you go. Uh, oh, one other thing we've done is uh, we also have another partnership. Uh, there's a company in New York City. Uh, it's called 18 East, and they're very edgy and uh, – a uh, gentleman by the by the name of Antonio Sangoli. Um, he uh, actually came from Burlington, but accidentally we connected, and we uh, are working on a line for them right now, and uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, again, a different type of pant, but um, using some of all of our own fabric and just different style, more. Uh, I don't know the word stylish, I guess, you know, more younger. Right. And uh, so we're really appreciative of that opportunity. You know, That's great. Done. So, Gene, how in this workforce environment disaster we're in, how do you manage to staff uh, not only your uh, office, I mean, your, your facility, but also uh, your manufacturing facility, People are working for you, and you're open seven days a week. How do you manage that? Well, I think you have to utilize your teammates, and you know you're only as good as you are to your people that right. you work with. They are our best uh, solicitors of new people, yep. and uh, you know we have added uh, seven new sewers. And those folks that are in the sewing room were the ones that brought those people in. We do use social media and occasionally, you know, can find somebody. But the sewers that, uh, you know, that we can probably say are still here are the ones that other people have brought in. And it's word of mouth. 
And then I also think you just got to take care of your people and you got to be flexible in today's world. And, you know, it's really hard when you have goals and things that you got to get done. But at the same time, they have goals in their lives and you got to be, it's just a different time. You know, I think since COVID, the world changed and uh, we have to be changing with it. And uh, that's what we're doing here. We're being flexible. Um, and we're trying to listen to them. Um, I'm not saying we're perfect in any way, but we're certainly, uh, we start every day listening to what the needs are. That's really, that's great. Good for you, Jean, because um, they're the heart and soul, right? And um, what a great place to, to work, though, right? Sort of downtown Johnson, everything's there. Um, it's just the prettiest little town. I love it there. Um and I think finding um, seamstresses, if that's the right word, um, the, the amount that you need, because it sounds like they have to be pretty flexible because you're changing your designs and um, trying to meet the needs of your customers. So they've got to be on the ball all the time. Um, Jean, this is a probably a strange question, and why I'm thinking about it is beyond me. But your product is very thick, and you have seamstresses who work in the manufacturing facilities. You must have special equipment um, to deal with that with that fabric or product, correct? Or I, I can't imagine a woman sitting there just sort of sewing away because it's pretty thick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're industrial sewing machines, I, and um, they uh, you know many of them are actually you know fifty or sixty years old wow. and maybe older, and uh, but they really hold up well and do well. We have purchased new uh, sewing machines and um, you know more industrial sewing machines, and I think it makes it a little easier and uh, goes a little faster. Right. Well, and do you have to change off sometimes with the different styles that you that you work with? Are there changes that have to be made to the machines themselves, or are they just work on anything and everything? Yeah, they're pretty versatile. Um, we have some that are different machines do different things, and um, but generally, uh, most people like we have some sewers that prefer to do pants and do better in them. And some do sleeves, collars, um, but generally um, they're fairly versatile and do a really nice job. That's with great. a good attitude. Where where do they they come from? Is that they all local folks or uh, um, because that is somewhat of a I don't want to say dying art, but um, you don't hear much about the the folks behind the scenes. Well, you know, I would call it more of a passion. Um, they huh. actually really enjoy their work. Um, I, I watch them, and uh, you know, we have people that drive from Burlington, oh, wow. people that drive from uh, Eden, um, Morrisville, St. Johnsbury. Um, you know, they you know uh, it, they put their time in coming here, and uh, we feel grateful that they do. Right. Well, I'm sure they feel a lot of pride in their work when the product's done and and uh, on the line and out the door and. Um, there's probably a lot of pride in making something yourself from from scratch, and uh, that's really that's really great. I just I just you don't hear about seamstresses as much as you used to back in the day. My father's family, his two sisters were seamstresses, worked in New York City, and um, 
That's a story in itself. One of them made uh, Bishop Sheen's outfits, believe it or not. So, wow. um, <laughs> so I grew up with a lot of thread around the house all the time. Um, <laughs> but, um, great stories. Uh, but that's a great profession. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's not that many. So, so good for you and for them. So thank them. Um, so what's next for the Johnson Woolen Mill? We've got a couple of minutes left. What, what do you see down the road for you? So we will spend this year um, continuing to work on inventory. Um, we will continue to work on the work environment, um, making sure we put a new kitchen in for our team members, and nice. uh, so that they, you know, hopefully will eat better and uh, take better care of themselves. Um, but generally, we will uh, work on a couple of new products, uh, cutting back on some of the inventory. Um, and then also working on diversifying, you know, the uh, real estate here and um, making sure I mean, we've done a really good job, you know, I think with the store. So we probably won't be doing so much over there, but we'll be working on our product development here. And we're actually um, contemplating coming up with a new product and also partnering with some other Vermont businesses. Nice. You know, um, doing partnerships so that we uh, show each other's product in the product together. Um, so we will be partnering with folks and, uh, you know, showing our products together. And like, yeah. And where, uh, besides Johnson is, is the product available elsewhere and obviously on, online, but are, is there, are they for sale elsewhere in Vermont? Are there, uh, I don't know this because I, I couldn't find it on the on the website. But are they available elsewhere, like maybe outlets? Well, we used to have 500 wholesale accounts, um, but it's really not profitable. Mm. Um, it's hard to find a profit point in wholesale because you typically are selling your product for half of the price, and it, once you start that, yeah. we're on the losing end of it. So we do have a couple of folks in Burlington that we've worked with and um, a couple other partners that have chosen, you know, to take the product at a little different of a split. But um, you want everybody to do well. So uh, we do have currently a couple in Burlington. Why? I'm just curious to back up a little bit. You said you sell it for less or almost half at the outlet if there was an outlet store. What? Why do you have to do that? Do people expect discount prices in outlet stores? Well, it's more of not an outlet. It's called wholesale pricing. Uh huh. So typically, when you buy or host a product, you have a uh, a purchase price of around fifty percent that you start working from, and there just isn't. Uh, yeah, so. That's in the garment industry. It's typically where you're going. You ask for that, and you we, you know, we have found that we can't really make a profit doing it that way. Right. Um, you know, it's like you know, in in a sense, like a two hundred dollar pair of pants, you would be giving it away for a hundred. So the person who you sold it to for wholesale is the one that's getting all the profit, and uh, so you're getting the you know the fabric and the labor but not the rest of the transaction. That's where the website or the store here does so very well for us. Right. Well, you also have volume there as well, correct? That must help a little bit. I never thought of this. This conversation is fascinating. I'm going to have to do a little more research to learn. 
that's all the things you have to know to have a profitable business, right? It doesn't isn't quite as simple yeah. as it seems. There's always something. No, and, and again, it's like the other Vermont products. Um, we do sell like a lot of uh, darn tough socks. I, I was thinking of that when you were talking about buying local. Those are great socks. Oh, they are a big hit. And, For sure. Uh, they do so very well. And Danforth Pewter and, yep. you know, Vermont Glove. I mean, those just sell. You know, yeah. people love them. They're Again, they're quality. Yep, exactly. And there's something about made in Vermont. There's nothing better. That's true. And I think people appreciate quality, even though we don't buy quality all the time. We just buy to buy. And, um, and we do seasonal rather than, uh, you know, you talked about lasting a hundred years. And, and you said that people put it in their will that they would will their, their Johnson Willow Mill jacket to their son or whoever. That's really, that's so cool. We have more stories where, you know, people will say, I'm missing eight buttons. And it was my husband and my grandson has it, and we need buttons. And people get very emotional. You know, something that somebody in the family kept and wore. Yep. It meant a lot. That's so great. there's a lot of sentimental value there. Well, Jim, we've got about two minutes left, and I really can't thank you enough for coming on the show. You sound like you've got a good handle on this and a great staff backing you up. So, and a great town. So, how perfect is that? Um, we'll look forward to to see what you come up with going forward. I like the B and B idea and a little restaurant so we can have some coffee while we're shopping. Excellent idea. Well, we'd love to see you. Uh, you know, uh, come visit us. Oh, we're going to again. Anybody that's uh, on the air, we you know, we just need to support ourselves to make Vermont strong. You know, again, that's... you know, we have to buy Vermont and. Uh, I really believe if we can do that, we will recover in a nice way. That's great. And I, I uh, really think people need to understand the importance of buying local. And um, you get what you pay for, and it lasts, and it's Vermont strong. So Gene Richards, owner of Johnson Woolen Mill, go check out the website and the Facebook page and um, all the things that Gene has done and will be doing in the future. Thanks, Gene. We'll, we'll see you at the store. We'll be back soon with um, Ed Baker, who's uh, talking about addiction in Vermont.